Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Right off the top, I want to give a shout out to folks to share Cannabis Health Radio's podcast because Facebook is shadow blocking us and Corey, other cannabis sites. Yes. And uh, those people who have us on our on their news feed, and we have 27,000 followers on Cannabis Health Radio's news feed, uh, aren't getting some of our podcasts, aren't getting some of our posts and the activity on Facebook and the activity on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, has dropped off dramatically as a result because a lot of people wait until we post our podcast on Facebook, then they listen to it. And so we'd encourage people to share it with their friends on their social media platforms, and uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. Thanks very much. Now today, Burkett lymphoma is where cancer starts in immune cells, affecting three times more men than women, and it often spreads to the brain or spinal cord. And recognized as a fast-growing human tumor, Burkett lymphoma is associated with impaired immunity and is rapidly fatal if left untreated. And joining us today to talk about his father's diagnosis with Burkett lymphoma is Andrew, who is with us in studio. So he lives here in Canada, of course. And Andrew does not want us to use his last name. And we always uh, we always appreciate that from folks who don't want us to use their last name, and we respect that. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Now, Welcome. Tell, tell us how your father found out he had Burkett's. Okay. Um, so for a few months, he was complaining about back pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's had that his whole life, like anyone does. Every once in a while, you get pain in your shoulder. You go to the massage therapist, and they work it out for you. You you start stretching. You just look after yourself. But this wasn't going away. Eventually, he started seeing a physiotherapist and working with them, I think, once a week. Um, after a few months, it de- the pain developed to the point where it was excruciating. It left him bedridden. He couldn't get up. Um, we were just constantly giving him cannabis to try and manage the pain because he... he couldn't get off the bed. Um, my oldest brother takes him in to see the physiotherapist. And right away, my dad has to tell him, you know, I've got this pain, but it also makes me feel like I have to go to the washroom all the time and I can't. Mm-hmm. And the physiotherapist says, okay, just stop what you're doing. Go to the emergency room right now. By the time my dad gets there, they have to sedate him because the pain's too much. Mm-hmm. And they put him into an MRI machine, I think right away. And they discover there's a six-inch tumor in his spine. Mm-hmm. And they don't wake him up. They just go to my brother, say, sign this form. we got to do surgery on him. Wow. Um, they do emergency back surgery on him. How, that he, that how old was your dad then? 54. Mm. Yeah. So relatively young. young. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it was quite the shock for him to wake up you know, on a cocktail of drugs in a hospital room, wondering what the heck's going on. 
you're just emotional from the drugs, let mm-hmm. alone, okay, I'm in a hospital, what happened? Can't really remember yeah. the past day's events. And then to be told, hey, you went into emergency surgery, um, we found a tumor in your spine. Mm-hmm. Were they able to get all the tumor? No, not all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the doctor had to make a decision during the surgery if chemotherapy, well, if it was one, possibly cancerous, and if it was, if chemotherapy would be able to get rid of it. Um, if he didn't think that, there was a big risk of him paralyzing mm-hmm. my dad. I was, that's what I th- was wondering. Yeah. And he, during the surgery, he nicked a nerve, and I, I think that caused some damage. Um, but he left some of it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a few weeks later, biopsy comes back. It's non-Hodgkin's uh, Burkitt's lymphoma. Yeah. So how was he after the surgery? Um, you know, emotional. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure he was a ton of different things. Um, scared, worried about his kids and his family, um, you know, on a cocktail of drugs. Yeah, probably in shock because he probably wasn't prepared for a cancer diagnosis. Yeah, especially at 54. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, just emotional, not sure how to take it. And then you, you're you on all these drugs to deal with the pain because you went through emergency back surgery. I think the doctors didn't expect him to walk for weeks after that. And the next morning he's walking. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. When you s- were speaking earlier, you said when he was experiencing all this pain before he, he actually ended up in hospital, you were giving him cannabis for the pain. In what form were you doing that? Um, I think at that time it was mostly oral, like uh, with capsules. Okay. Yeah. So um, just basically cannabis ground up into capsules or actually in oil form? In oil form. In oil yeah. form. Okay. Yeah. So when he was recovering, you were still giving him cannabis and he was taking this cocktail of, of chemo. Yeah. Chemo. So he, because Burkett's lymphoma is quite an aggressive form of cancer, mm-hmm. um, you know, one that can scare people right away, being told you have an aggressive form of cancer. Mm-hmm. But it also means um, it's treatable as well. Yeah. But you have to use uh, an aggressive cocktail of chemo. Um, I believe the most in one round he received was 23 different types of chemotherapy. Um, the longest he'd received chemotherapy in one setting was for 23 hours straight. Mm. Wow. Holy crap. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Did they give him, what was one of the uh, combos they gave him called R-Chop? I don't remember. Oh, that's okay. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Tell and listeners what R-Chop is. Oh, sure. <laughs> okay. It's, well, a, it's a various combination. Yeah, it's, it's a five, five uh, yeah. different types of chemo. I think rituximab is one. But don't quote me on that. But yeah. yeah, I read all you you all the names the other day, and I couldn't pronounce them. Mm-hmm. I was sure you were going to ask this as a trick question today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, all the chemotherapy drugs are toxic, regardless. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. So, that's incredible, though, for them him to have chemotherapy for that long a time in one session. Twenty three. I've hours. never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. I um, oh, I believe he started chemo in October. And they said if he was still taking it by April, the chemo was going to kill him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he stopped chemo, I think, in February. Okay. No, so he was doing... 2019? 
No, no, this would have been 2016. 2016. 2017. Was he doing um, oil all along through that then? Yeah, yeah. So at a certain point, he started taking 500 milligrams of THC every four hours to manage the pain. And he's told me and expressed to anyone um, he speaks to that without cannabis, he doesn't believe he'd be alive. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be the first time we've heard that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was nothing else that was helping him fall asleep or help with his appetite. Or yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's yeah, it's, it's you, you know one of the things we've heard a, a lot of people talk about when they've undergone chemo is that when they've undergone chemo with a number of other people and they've taken cannabis they have responded better to the chemo than those people who haven't taken cannabis. Mm-hmm. And I, I see that time and time again, too, with, with people who choose to do chemo. If they do it in conjunction with cannabis oil, they come through it far, far better yeah. by a country mile, not only in the, in the severity of the side effects, but also in how effective the chemo is. And I've seen that time and time and yeah. time again. You know, so, and, and chemo, you know, as we've discussed before, is a real... Mm-hmm real personal choice you know but if you know i guess the bottom line from me is if you're going to do it make sure you do cannabis oil with it yeah 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 what are some of the repercussions that he's had as a result of taking chemo um well initially well there's a just going through the whole process i mean uh, i think he describes it as leaving him mentally and physically shattered are mm-hmm. his words mm-hmm. um I, he talks of about at one point he had to have a conversation with himself and sort of detach his mind from his body. He couldn't trust his body anymore. He had to separate the two. Mm-hmm. His, he couldn't trust his body. To go through what he was going through with that much chemotherapy, um, he, he had to separate that. Um, to rebuild that connection afterwards mm-hmm. is quite the challenge. Um, I mean, after, afterwards, he's dealing with all sorts of things, and I, and that's a whole other half of the battle, I believe. A lot of people don't necessarily speak of um, the psychological effects, mm-hmm. um, even survivor's guilt. I mean, he was in the hospital with uh, people that are 23 they're young people relative to him, and he's wondering, hey, why, why did they have to go? You, you form a special bond with that person. Yeah. Um, Tell us the story, because your dad lives in a different part of the country. Tell us the story about him coming out here to the West Coast. Yeah, so when he came to visit me the first time afterwards, um, his mobility is not the greatest. He At, at that point, he can't really feel his legs. They sort of feel like clubs, as he, as he described them, just swinging these clubs. Um, he was afraid of people to touch his back. At one point, um, he was in my apartment, and I came up behind him and just placed my hand on his back, and he started screaming. I'm wondering, oh, what, what did I just do? What the heck? Um, and he tells me, no, when you touch my back, you have to really hit me, because my body can't sense that, and it feels like I'm getting stabbed. So you have to, like, shove him. I hit him quite hard in order for him to register. And I was just doing that so he knew I was behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, one day I decided to take him to the Willows Beach. 
because um, he didn't believe me there was a sandy beach on the west coast yeah. <laughs> yeah he just thinks yeah yeah just a bunch of rocks yeah exactly um and we get there and he's just gobsmacked he's like i can't believe it um we decided to take off our socks and shoes and as soon as he steps on the sand he starts screaming again he has to get off the sand right away um same thing peripheral neuropathy yeah 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 he starts it's nasty yeah he he feels like his feet are getting stabbed mm. yeah well does he continue to take cannabis yep yep not not as i well i should ask him how regularly it is but initially right after going through treatment it was it was very regular um you, you need a I, I believe a whole um toolbox to get through this, not just chemo, not just mm-hmm. cannabis. You you need a diet, diet, uh, lifestyle, yoga, mm-hmm. um, and seeing counselors. You, you need yeah. support from your friends yeah, and family. A holistic approach, mind, body, spirit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you have to continue that afterwards too. You're living in fear. Oh, is this going to come back? Mm-hmm. Every little thing is is like ooh. Yeah. what's going on yeah and yeah. It's, they don't really it's like uh, this is a weird analogy but it's like having a kid they sort of just give you the baby and kick you out of the hospital mm-hmm. good luck yeah, it's yeah. Same, yeah same thing when you're done going through this yeah okay it's, good luck see ya it's all about the immediate like when you're when you're going for treatment you know as i've often talked about you're told you're going to throw up and you're going to lose your hair etc cetera, etc cetera. but they don't mm-hmm. talk about um, it being the gift that keeps on giving and there's going to be all of these peripheral things that are going to happen, you know, the brain fog and or commonly known as chemo brain, yeah. et cetera. I know that I've worked with a number of people who have suffered from chemo, chemo brain and um, peripheral neuropathy. And we've had a number of people who have successfully recovered, if not, completely at least partially from their peripheral neuropathy treating it with uh high thc so maybe right. something to explore yeah well i know it's gotten significantly better and he's taken things like turkey tail mushrooms as oh well. yeah they're great yeah. yeah mark bartlett if you're listening you're the turkey tail <laughs> mushroom guy oh is he really yeah oh. he's always promoting turkey tail <laughs> yeah. so he's getting better yeah yeah Incre- well, incrementally better each month or every several months yeah slowly and surely i mean life goes on Mm -hmm. yeah um i've heard this saying before and i might i might have even heard this from from my dad um the two most uh intimate time periods in someone's life is when you're born and when you're passing away yeah 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 so to to face that and then have to continue with life there's a whole rebuilding that one has to go through. Well, it's a form of PTSD, isn't it? What, everything that you go through. Oh, yeah. Well, to be perfectly honest, like chemotherapy, you're you're just poisoning yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is going to die first, the cancer or you? Yeah. It's not something you want to wish on anyone. Yeah. It's traumatic just to even hear someone's going through it if you understand what they're yeah. going to go through. You know, through. it's interesting because I was just thinking about this just the past couple of days, and I don't know why, but just even what it would be like to get in the car and start driving over to your local cancer center, knowing you're going to go there and have all this poison Mm -hmm. dumped into your system that's going to wreak havoc on your body and make you incredibly ill in hopes of making you better. Yeah. Well, it destroys everything else in your system. That's right. You know, and and just even what that feels like. 
Well, you know? I think for a lot of people, um, they're going to be in shock. But if they're not aware exactly what they're going to go through, they're just going to be numb and in shock. And mm-hmm. fortunately, they're not fully aware. If you've been through it, yeah. I, and then there are the that, people with the make me better mentality where they basically just turn themselves over to the system. And Yeah. You know. What's the most difficult part for them? Is it the physical part or the mental emotional part? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, w- I would really have to ask him. It's probably a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, physically, still at a relatively young age, being limited to what he can do. Yeah. Um, and there's also the fear in the back of his mind that if he gets a pain in the back, yeah. God, is this coming back? Yeah. And, I mean, you're living in the fight or flight uh, all the time. All the time. Yeah. And the cannabis is the only thing that can really relieve that sort of stress on his mental and emotional being. Yeah, yeah. You need it as a tool to help uh, have a healthy mindset, mm-hmm. a, a positive outlook. Mm-hmm. And w- without, uh, without that, you're not going to have a good direction to go down. No. So when he was actually going through the chemo, etc., and he was taking oil. Did he do it like three times a day, or? Um, well, he's he's told me it was every four hours, okay, at yeah. most every five hours. Okay, well, um, that's good. I I think he really just took it whenever he felt like, oh, I'm, I need this, mm-hmm. and I, he figured out I I need this an hour from now. I I need to take it now. Now, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like you guys, at some level, almost had a head start. In that you were familiar with oil, at least, and, and cannabis and its medicinal properties before you actually entered this journey. Yeah, well, it's the benefit of, uh, unbeknownst to me, growing up in a cannabis family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and your family was totally supportive of this? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. They took turns growing the plants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, you Very quickly, we we spoke to the hospital and said, hey, we need to have cannabis here. And initially, they were a little concerned and going, okay, what? how are you going to keep this? Do you have a medical document? Do you have a prescription? Right. Um, we didn't right away. We were able to get him one, but they gave us a little safe to keep in his hospital room where he kept all of his cannabis. And Well, fabulous that you could be, because keep in mind, we're going back a few years now. It wasn't legal in Canada. This was before Canada. legalization. Yeah. And so fabulous that you could have that there at the hospital and be open enough with his medical team for them to know that he was doing that. That's great. Yeah. Well, I think you have to be very honest with your medical team when you're going through that. You have to tell them everything you're taking. Yeah, and I think they looked at us and said, "Oh, these are this is something we're not going to fight this family on." He's taking cannabis. cannabis yeah. yeah, you know, unfortunately, I deal with a lot of people in the states, and it's a different story down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I've spoken to patient after patient who has been dropped like a hot potato yeah. when they say they're doing cannabis. So down there, I always say, if you're not sure of how the the reaction you're going to get. Err on the side of caution and don't say anything until mm-hmm. until it's all said and done. Yeah, unfortunately, but really, it, how refreshing to hear your story, and hopefully, that's the the trend in the future is that we can all just be open. Yeah, well, I think at one point, if we didn't get him a, a medical document from a physician, um, they probably would have had a conversation and said, "You can't keep this here." Mm-hmm. We would have just had to bring it in daily for him or 
figure something out. Um, yeah, we're well, fortunate. Yeah, we interviewed a few years ago um, Phil James in the UK, yes. who died recently. Yes. He was only 31, I think, yeah. when he died. 31, yeah. in his early 30s. But he had brain cancer. Uh, he used cannabis to get rid of it. Then it came back, and he had trouble accessing it when he was in the hospital. hospital. They wouldn't yeah. allow it in. And yeah. as a result, he died. Wow. He died this year, I think. Yeah, very recently, in the past couple of months. Yeah. Yeah, very wow. sad. Yeah, that's, that's tragic. It's, it's so frustrating to see the different states of the world and where they're at with cannabis. We're, mm-hmm. we're very fortunate where we're at in Canada. Uh, I mean, there's still a long ways to go with it. But talk about an injustice. Yeah, well, and in places it's going backwards. I just did a an hour long interview with um, for a, a journalist out of uh, Sweden, and mm-hmm. Sweden has gone backwards. Sweden has now made CBD illegal. So well, it doesn't make sense, does uh, it? No, it doesn't make sense. So yeah. they're they're not moving forward at all. She said it's like they're in a bubble there. It's just crazy. And yet, generally, you kind of think of places like Switzerland, Sweden, etc., as being a little ahead of us in, in mm-hmm. what they're doing. Yeah, but uh, not so much. Interesting. One of the questions that Corey and we get emails all the time is: when people have cancer, they want to know what the best CBD product to take. Oh, right, right. And you've been you've been a grower for a number of years. Yeah. And Corey shakes her head every time she gets that Here's question. Because I, had, I oh dealt with this at God. 6 o'clock this morning. What's the best CBD for lung cancer? Yeah. Well, oh, that drives me nuts. Um, yeah. People are too afraid of THC. Yes, they are. Yeah. 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 It's become almost uh, underappreciated cannabinoid. It, it, it's medical. Most feared. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing to fear from it. No. You know, Andrew, I can't even tell you how many people that I've lost because, or know of, that have died because they thought CBD was what they needed yeah. to, quote unquote, cure cancer. Yeah. And it just, it, the misinformation out there is crazy. And I'm always really clear with people: it's THC that kills the cancer. Mm-hmm. CBD alone does not kill mm-hmm. cancer. Mm-hmm. Period. CBD can be great. Yeah. Anti-inflammatory. Those arthritis people. Oh my good, good God. PTSD seizures yeah. you know it's awesome yeah um well i think with my dad at the time i was just like i don't care what it is just get him in it and get, get it, it in, in him, him. Yeah. yeah any type of cannabis or cannabinoids no, yeah just get, it, get in it, in. it in well and this is it too you know we're becoming increasingly aware that it's not just about thc for for cancer you know cbd mm-hmm. or cbn is showing great promise with lung cancer and uh you know when people are getting into these isolates i'm like my vein of thinking is this. God, Mother Nature, whoever, whatever your belief system, did not create this plant with all the cannabinoids in it for it to all be separated out. Mm-hmm. It's We're all there together for a reason. Yeah. You know, the entourage. The, the yeah. entourage. Effect. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, even um, a little THC with CBD makes the CBD more effective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, you raise a very good point, but don't be afraid of THC because Corey has a, a fascinating story that Bob Melamed told her about a friend of his who took oh, yeah. 40 grams, 40 grams at one time because he was, yeah, he, he had Kaposi sarcoma, right? And um, I think he'd been off of it 
For a while, he had a girlfriend who didn't want to do it, uh, didn't want him doing cannabis or something. Bob looked at him and said, you're going to be dead in six months if you don't do something. And he went home and took 40 grams all at one time. 40 or 50? It was 50. Was it 50? 50 grams. And I said to Bob, you know, wow, what was he like? And Bob said, I was unable to communicate effectively with him for quite some time. <laughs> but, um, but as Bob said, as you see, you can't, you can't die from this. Right, and I guess he stumbled to the doctor a month later, and he was fine. He was fine. Yeah, he was absolutely fine. Let me like wait a second. Forty, 40 or fifty grams, grams of, of t- oil. Okay, of oil. Yeah, high THC oil. Okay, I wasn't sure if you meant instead of milligrams, it was fifty grams of THC. Grams. Grams. Yeah. Oh grams. God. He slept. Yeah. He slept yeah. for a while. Yeah. Like we're talking yeah. ten, ten, five mil syringes. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but he was fine after he was uh, fine yeah a couple and, of months you know, i'm always very clear yeah. with people you cannot die from this you're not going to overdose on this yeah. you know you might sleep for a week yeah but you're going to be fine yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah and people need to get over that and they might be a little anxious or get really hungry or laugh or just mm-hmm. fall asleep yeah 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 it, it's it's uh a misconception out there to be afraid of it and CBD is the answer. I I think uh, CBD was just trending um, and it's had its moment and it's going to stick around. Um, It's it's a good way to introduce people who are afraid of cannabis Mm -hmm. and show them, hey, you've been lied to essentially your whole life. Cannabis isn't bad for you. It strikes me as very strange that people are willing to go on experimental pharmaceutical drugs that show absolutely no promise. They have no idea what the effects are going to be. They're willing to take that, but they're not willing to take cannabis. Blindly take it. Blindly. They're willing to take fentanyl. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. Remember that lady. Yeah. Yeah. Willing to take fentanyl. Oh, I can't take. Uh, she wanted THC. her husband safe drugs. What's safe drugs? Drugs. Morphine, oh, fentanyl. What was it? Morphine, something, and fentanyl. Yeah. Because they're safe drugs as opposed to cannabis. Yeah. Well, there, there's got to be all sorts of reasons for that, but one has to be that we've put uh, physicians or people in authority type roles, like a doctor. We go there trusting they have a more knowledge than us mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. certain aspects um or on medicine and we just blindly trust them we we don't stop to think okay have they looked into this do they know how dangerous fentanyl is yeah yeah and i uh, think that's the issue is that we do tend to have doctors on pedestals and there's some awesome yeah. doctors out there oh yeah there's yeah. some absolute awesome doctors out there but do they have the knowledge that we expect them to have not always you know it's like with the whole cannabis legalization in canada i think that some doctors are trying to be really progressive and so they're sending people to places like tilray aurora where they're capped out on what they can produce in strengths of oil and it's Mm -hmm. not even remotely close to what you need to treat cancer or an aggressive disease of any kind Mm -hmm. and i think they're doing it in all good faith but they don't have that education, right? Yeah, I mean, I have doctors sending patients to me because they don't have the knowledge and um, from within Canada and overseas. So um, I think that it really, like all things, starts with education. And certainly, you know, Dave, Dr. Dave Hepburn, we've interviewed yeah. him a couple times mm-hmm. from Victoria Dave Hepburn. Yeah. And he was saying last time he was in here 
that they're now starting to teach the endocannabinoid system in med school. So it's it's a start. Yeah. Well, that's that's just the issue, though. Is these physicians haven't been taught anything about cannabis mm-hmm. up until very recently. Very recently. Yeah. What they were taught was probably to stay away from it. Negative. Well, yeah. so my own GP, I don't know if you know my story, but basically diagnosed in 2011 anal cancer, given two to four months to live, did oil, cleared mm-hmm. myself. Um, no chemo, no radiation. But my doctor... When I first tried to tell him, covered his ears and went la 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 la. And my other doctor, they shared an office. She told me it was against her religion. Now, doctor number one did a complete 180. Once I cleared myself, started looking into it, telling me how amazing cannabinoids were. Did I did I know how many people they killed each day with pharmaceuticals? You know. So sometimes it's just all about shining that light and yeah. letting them get some knowledge. You know. Yeah. yeah, but it, for him to initially just cover his ears like that, like how ignorant you have to be. Like, <laughs> yes, you said it. Like, I, really, yeah, I was just keeping quiet, but yeah, yeah absolutely. I, yeah, I, I've been fortunate enough to work with uh, a few different physicians, and one of them said a good physician will sit there and be quiet for the first fifteen minutes because the patient will tell you what's wrong with them and what they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And most physicians just go in there going, oh, I'll know what to tell you right away." Yes. And they don't want yeah. to listen to the patient. They just get them in, get them out. Yeah. 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 Well, there's the old saying if you sit there and listen, you learn something. If you sit there and talk, all you're doing is giving information that you already know. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, that's the problem with, with, and the problem with the medical system today is not so much with the medical system, it's also with government. Government is the big problem. And uh, government is as fearful of cannabis as uh, the medical associations are. Yeah, I, I was going to bring them up too. That's another issue. Is that all these physicians are facing so much pressure and scrutiny. Yeah. If they have anything to do with cannabis, they'll be audited, have their license threatened, let alone government. Like you said, the overregulation and even adding a tax medical cannabis for patients in Canada, making it more expensive. More expensive, yeah. yeah. I don't know about you, but I feel like this whole legalization in Canada has done virtually nothing for medical patients. Yeah, well, it's made it worse. And people have to stop using the term legalization. It's regulation, or over-regulation. Regulation, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, right. it's not legalization. That would make it free. It'd make it like growing a tomato plant. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's like. No. It's, uh, it's fascinating to hear that your dad is uh, improving. And briquette lymphoma, I knew nothing about it until you and I connected in yeah. that coffee shop that one day. And I had to look it up. And I'd fact, never heard of it. Yeah. The fact that it affects three times more men than women. And it can go to your brain and your spine, which your dad obviously went to his spine. Yeah. That's why he had that six-inch tumor. Yeah. Was it six inch or six centimeters? Six inches. Six inch yeah. tumor. Oh, that's a massive yeah. tumor. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a big tumor. I yeah. wonder how long it had actually been going on. You know, well, it's a very fast-forming tumor. It is? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's predominantly this type of cancer is found in children as well. Yeah. 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 And you told me the story. He went to Italy and went hiking and yeah. uh, came back and, and it really hurt. Oh, yeah. The, that's when things, that's when he got bedridden. He went to Italy for a month and you know, essentially just walked everywhere. Yeah. Thinking, oh, my God, I'm destroying my back. And by the time he got home, he couldn't get out of bed. And the tumor had grown to press up against his bladder, which caused damage to his bladder. And yeah. why he had that sensation of, oh, I he's have having to, to pee. pee. Yeah, yeah, and I can't. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, and he was he was getting um, spinal taps done. There, I, I think at least weekly. Wow. Yeah. Andrew, it was a fascinating story, and we wish your dad the best, and it was good of you to come on and uh, talk to us about it. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, it's my yeah. pleasure. It's, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, what you guys do is extremely important. We have to have these conversations and get them out there for other people to hear. And yeah. I hope I did my dad justice. Uh, it's uh, it's always difficult to speak on someone else's behalf. Yeah, I thought you did very well. I thought you did great. No. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. And uh, we'd like to thank Ron Zahar, our producer, for uh, donating his studio and his time, and we greatly appreciate it. And uh, once again, we encourage all listeners to promote Canvas Health Radio on their social media platforms and uh, get the message out that uh, cannabis is beneficial for your body. And uh, we have a problem with Facebook shadow banning our podcasts and uh, cannabis-related sites. Yeah, so people often will search for us and not be able to find us. It'll come up saying, page not found. That's right, page not found. And and we are found. And we are found. (laughs) We're still there, CannabisHealthRadio.com. We greatly appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.